Good morning and welcome everybody to the PFFA pod. I am your host, Kyle McClowry. I am sitting here this morning with Matt Coffey. Do you prefer Matt or Matthew? Oh, Matt's great. Matt's good, okay. And we're going to talk about, well, a couple different things, mostly about the program you're doing and the ask you have for the membership. Let's just circle back real quick because you've been in, we talked off air a minute ago, you've been in for 17 years, so. Yeah, just a little shy. So a lot of people know who you are and have met you, worked with you. But if we could just get a little background, so where you're working now, where you spend a bunch of your career, when you, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm currently uh, 18s, B-shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, showed up there in, I think, February this year. Uh, prior to that, uh, just kind of going backwards, mm-hmm. spent a little over five years at 11s, uh, 11s B-shift. Had a really good run there. Uh, kind of ended up with the usual, needed a break after you're, that time. You were busy there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. a lot of people understand how that works. That's, yeah. That grinds it down. But... Yeah, I had a great time there. Uh, prior to that, I was the engine trainer at Twos. Oh. I was a B-shift engine trainer B-shift? there. Yeah. So when was that? When was oh, man. I think I went out there December of 12, I think, December okay. 2012. Okay. Through about October of 15, I think, was my time there. Got it. Okay. I yeah. did not know that. Yeah, uh, good experience there. And part of the reason why I'm asking, I know, like I said, a lot of people don't know you, but I don't know you that, that well either, so mm-hmm. it's good background for me. What did you do before Portland, before you got, got hired here? Oh, I was an Army guy. So oh, really? Military guy, okay. Yeah, yeah, I went in right out of high school. I was 17, uh, did the officer thing, so mm-hmm. uh, went to school four years and oh. then was active for five years after that. Uh, so that was 95 to 04, got out in April 04. And was your school degree back then similar or in conjunction or parallel with what you're going for now? No, ironically, it's not. No. So I, I didn't I didn't have a good mindset when I went to school back <laughs> then. And so I just did what I enjoyed, which was uh, read and read history. So I was a nice. history major. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I got out with a bachelor's of science, the way the program works. Awesome. Okay, so um, you're going towards a degree now, and that's kind of one thing you want to talk about. Can you just give folks out there a little bit of, background, maybe how you got to it, what it is, maybe, like you said before, before we're on air, what it is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. Is that a good place to start? Yeah, that's a great place to start. Yeah, so I'm a, in a master's program at Lewis and Clark uh-huh. uh, here in town. Uh, it's for professional mental health counseling is the official title of the program. And uh, within psych world, things can be a little bit confusing uh, to people outside because there's so many different domains uh, that professionals can occupy. So it's, it's a little mm-hmm. different than like uh, what I understand of med world, medical model. So in the medical model, you have just doctors, physicians, right. they have all these different specialties, but they're all considered a doc, which means mm-hmm. you have a PhD level plus of, uh, of training, of education. Uh, you've done some type of internship and right. now you're off and running. So Within the psychology world, it's different in that you have psychiatrists, which are full med docs. MDs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, MDs. And then you have psychologists, uh, which are non-medical doctors but have a PhD, PhD level. PhDs, right. Yeah, yeah, and then down from that, educationally, you have counselors and social workers. Right. Excuse me, which usually have a master's level. Mm-hmm. Uh, some states only require bachelors. Mm-hmm. So I sit in the counseling realm. And okay. so we're kind of one-off from the medical model. We tend to be kind of more wellness-focused. Okay. So is that counseling model within the social, the MSW with a focus on counseling? Yeah, so it gets even more confusing there, usually outside. So there are two distinct domains. There are two distinct skill sets and licenses. So a counselor uh, is focused on meeting a person where they're at and doing a lot of talk therapy. Counselor, okay. Yeah, helping Mm -hmm. people process, Mm -hmm. move forward in the ways they want to in life, and that can look a lot of different ways. 
Uh, a social worker, in contrast, can do a little bit of talk therapy, but they are equipped to interact with the systems in our society. Right. System thinkers. Yeah, yeah, to right. get to get people hooked up with resources and that kind of thing. So they're kind of more focused on that. Okay. So when you finished with the degree, and it's backing up, when did you start and when do you anticipate finishing? Yeah, I started in uh, fall of 18. So okay. I started a part-time program uh, there so mm-hmm. I could work at the same time. And I should be finishing up May of next year. So May of 22, I will graduate. May of 22 with your master's. Yeah. And then you can hang up a shingle? <laughs> <laughs> Technically, I can, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, surprise me. I can, I can launch at that point. I will okay. have a, an intern license, a, a less than full license, but I can, I can practice on my own. And why this may be of specific interest to our membership or memberships across the West Coast or just in general. And I assume I, I, I made this assumption, maybe I'm wrong, that your this counseling is fo- going to be focused on some of the issues that are surrounding the uh, behavioral health or mental health issues with firefighting. Is, is that a correct assumption or no? Yeah, I mean, that's a it's like going to business There's different markets, you know, that's to pick one word. But. Yeah, after the time that I've had in the fire service and the need that we are now addressing in the fire service for mental health, yeah. uh, I am definitely trying to set myself up to be equipped to help us, to help our population. Mm-hmm. So uh, us defined fairly broadly, uh, just the due to ethics and confidentiality and dual relationships and all these things, I'm not going to be in a position to help our people right now. Like even sure. after I graduate, it, it's right. a minimum of five years uh, from having a, one relationship with a person to having a therapeutic relationship. So basically, oh. people coming huh. in behind in, in Portland, maybe I'll interact with some of them, but I'm just here to be a, a service in the region. So there's a regulatory, regulatory um, mechanism in effect. There actually has to be five years. Yes. Huh. That's cool. I did not know that. Yeah, uh-huh. counseling is a full and profession, so we have a code of ethics, we have a licensure. Um, specific to each state? Uh, the code of ethics is national. There's uh-huh. a professional association, ACA, which established or has established years ago our code of ethics. Licensing, though, does happen at the state level. Okay. Um, so I'm guessing that's sort of where you project yourself uh, in the future as far as career going, career direction. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I'm keeping it open to to kind of see what develops, but yeah, one of the pathways uh, definitely will be uh, having a license, uh, meeting people as a therapist Mm -hmm. and and seeing kind of where that goes. Well, there's certainly, I want to say a growing need for it in industry. I think the need has always been there, but they're growing awareness of the need. That might be a better way of of addressing it. And, you know, across the country, people are are definitely making the shift and attempting. I think there are definitely... Uh, it's an institutional struggles that I know I can see in our organization. I assume they're the same across the nation. Um, and a lot of them really are based on money. Everyone's in a budget crunch for various reasons. Yeah. And um, to have someone like you, when you're done, that needs to be an additional position that whatever, wherever you end up, they're going to have to be able to open up for you. Yeah, I would totally agree with what you just said. And I'd also add on to it um, the, the cultural aspect too, like just the nature of the job. Like we just had to deflect a lot of things internally for mm-hmm. many, many years uh, as a profession. And now we're starting to realize, oh, there's a better way we can do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm a great example of that. My generation and, and me specifically is a great example of that, you know, showing up, coming out of military space, coming mm-hmm. in, the, in the first responder space, there was just no awareness. You know, for me, there's just no awareness of mental health. You know, uh-huh. what, what wellness looked like on the uh-huh. inside and having made that transition the last five or 10 years of mm-hmm. discovering better ways to live, you know. And you don't have to answer this question, but just popped in my mind thinking, was, was there a um, uh, 
critical or a particular event that, that brought you to understanding that or thinking about that? Or was it just over the time of the job and your interest shifting towards some of these uh, elements of dealing with these things? Yeah, I think I would keep it kind of vague. It's just the general maturing process that we all go through as individuals. You know, you, just, you grow through life and you change, and sometimes you change how you see things, and sometimes you don't. And I think yeah. that's just one of the areas around okay. my own personal mental health. I was like, oh, there's just different ways to do it. You know? Right, right. Well, good on you for taking the effort, uh, you know, for getting that. You went into the degree. That's, you know, what, what four years of work? Yeah, it should have been two. I took the long <laughs> route, so it's four. Well, but, yeah, it is. It's, it's additional work. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about some specifics, if we can. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, Matt and I were talking originally was there's an ask of the membership, which is related to your degree. Um, so maybe you could just, I'll let you just flesh it out and talk about some of the things that um, we, we were asking the membership to do and see if it can help you get the data that you need. Yeah, yeah, thanks. It's, it's a big subject area. Um, I think the, the basic summary is that part of the program that I'm going through allows for a research thesis, a master's level thesis. And I personally am very interested in that. I'd like to keep the door open professionally uh, as I go forward to doing more academic research, to mm -hmm. contributing to the body of knowledge mm -hmm. uh, that's out there uh, science-wise. And so then on the fire service side, like you just said, there's been very recently, since like 2010, basically, 2016, there's uh -huh. just been this oh my word, we could be doing things so much differently yeah. behavioral health-wise yeah. and starting to really examine the impacts the job has on firefighters. And, and that's, that's a tangled space. That's kind of difficult space for a lot of us because we're part of that. But the really cool thing is that like a lot of things that we are now researching are things we already know are the case, you know, like the exposure to trauma, the impact of, of sleep debt. Sure. Uh, yeah, just seeing people in that low SES space all the time. So we're kind of interacting with that, but we're doing it in a quantified way. So mm -hmm. now we can actually say, here is the impact, like your last podcast, and uh -huh. say, like, here is the, potentially we can say, here's the impact of not sleeping shift after shift yeah. after shift. It, this is what it does to your heart. This is what it does to your stress hormones and all those kinds of things. So I'd like to take a similar look at what some of those exposures do to us in regards to suicidality. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a, an up and coming topic that we're now finally coming to grips with in the fire service. Yes, indeed. And I'm going to circle back real quick. You used an acronym, lower SES space. Yeah. Can you, um, maybe I'm missing that. What is that? Yeah, uh, socioeconomic status. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay. you, you know, working some of these FMAs where you're Got constantly it. exposed to people who are just in a hard space of life and having to deal with that shift after shift and, and witnessing that. That uh, uh, compassion fatigue sets in yeah. in those situations. I think for all of us, I can yeah. relate to that. I'm sure we all can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that's not going to be part of the research itself. It's just that's part of the you know, lived experience, as we say sure, now. Sure, sure. Working on some of those FMAs is like you just get tired. I personally just get tired of seeing that. You get, it wears on you. It does. Okay. So let's, what, what can we do for you, uh, we being Local 43? Um, I know we'll get this podcast out, but what... Can you tell, how about your, your master's thesis? Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I touch about it. So in, in psychology, in psychological research, we do a lot of correlational stuff. And so we give somebody an established survey that asks 
five to 30 questions or whatever the survey okay. is, let's say it's like the Beck's depression inventory, which is not part of my mm -hmm. research, but the BDI is a very common measure. And so you'll take a group of people, a population that you want to study like Portland fire. Sure. And you ask people, Hey, do you mind volunteering to take this study? And the people who say, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Then you give them a survey and mm -hmm. they fill out the survey questions and then there'll be a second or third or fourth measure as well. And we'll start correlating what the responses are between those surveys. And mm -hmm. what we're doing is starting to dial in what's the phenomenon that's actually happening. Interesting. And so specific to, to suicidality in the fire service, there's a big question mark right now of what, what is our rate of suicide? Mm -hmm. How do we get there? How do we treat it? And there's a lot of answers there too. Like the science is, is definitely there. It's, there's a lot of stuff coming out. What we're trying to figure out is kind of what is the most important or the couple top most important factors that seem to contribute to this. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned some uh, metric, the BDI, the Beck's dead, uh, depression inventory. Yeah. Inventory. Um, and you, that's not what you're using, but you'll use something like that. And there's other measures that then you use to sort of hone in the, the is it hone in specifically towards suicidality? Yeah. Um, and um, they may be too specific, but how, how, what measures do you apply to, this index that you're using. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll back out for just a second and say that there's a phrase that we've been taught in school, actually, in the research side that says all research in some way is actually me search. Mm -hmm. And so we all naturally come to any space in the world and we have our own factors that we're bringing in our, pers our perspectives and our biases. So after working for, you know, 15 plus years, 16 years here in the fire bureau and having a fair chunk of calls behind me, I have my own suspicions and theories and sure. about why things happen sure. to us the way they do. And obviously that's just based out of my bias, my own experience. But right. so the measures I've chosen are because of an a interest area that I have, which is how does meaning in life or purpose in life, those two used synonymously. So how does meaning in life interact with our burnout with our trauma exposure mm. and our tendency to end mm. up in dark places. I love it. So there's, there's, there's a, what seems like a logical connection there, which I have from my own, my own lived experiences. I like, I think, Oh yeah, that's going to go this way. I, mm -hmm. I know what that's going to find, mm -hmm. but that really may not be the case. Yeah. Yeah. There's another cool phrase that says uh, a lot of statistical research is merely proving what we already know. Sure. Yeah. But sometimes it's disconfirmed as well, and yeah. that's just as useful. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it could turn out that this really is just a bias that I'm carrying. Maybe other people carry it too, but maybe it's not as significant a factor. Well, that's good too, because now the industry can now move kind of away from that question, mm -hmm. particularly if more people come in and explore it and, and do that. Would you, would you take it one step further? Let's assume that there's, you, you do find that there's this deep correlation between having meaning in life and these other uh, measures. You can then take a step further, is the idea of this counseling profession then to establish, find methodology for people to establish meaning in their life? Because everyone's going to have their own um, foundation for what is going to create something that is meaningful to them. And I'm just speaking off the hip again. So does that, is yeah. that sort of where the direction goes after that? Uh, potentially for individuals. Potentially. Yeah. It's okay. not, it's not a research direction that I'm going to try to go. Okay. But like, okay. Yeah. Me meaning is really significant to my, me personally. And I think yeah. it is for a lot of people. And just to state maybe the obvious, once we start talking about meaning, we're right up against spirituality. Sure. And so we're getting into how you think mm -hmm. the world works, whether you think there's more than just, you know, physical reality, all those kinds of things, things that we can't answer that we'll just kind of moose over for a long period of time. Right. But yeah, it's interesting the, the point that you just made about like how the next step is. And I would say, yes, yeah, for an individual to decide, but 
the meaning construct has been out there uh, in Western society uh, within psychology uh, since I think the 1950s is when Victor Frankl, Victor Frankl yeah. exactly when he uh, when, when he, he published for meaning exactly yeah. yeah, but it's a really neb by its nature it's a very nebulous concept. And so it's hard to pin down of like, what do you do to find meaning? And mm -hmm. Frankl himself says that meaning isn't something you necessarily pursue. Like you let it be a direction in your life, but it's something you discover along the way. And it's highly individuated for the person yeah. what they think is meaningful. Yeah. It's a great book. Yes, I agree. That's definitely one that's been on my nightstand several times. Um, well, I think we have talked about this, but not really in the details that we're looking at. Let's, let's Let's go deep right down to it now. What do you want? What are you asking specifically yeah. of the folks out there? Yeah. So here in the near term, uh, mm -hmm. before the end of the year, uh, maybe sooner than that, uh, I would like to ask the the union to be willing to uh, ship out basically an email that just mm -hmm. requests people to participate in a survey. Okay. So it should be very straightforward. Uh, you'll click on a link if you want to do it. You'll click on a link. It'll ship you over to an internet site, which is completely confidential, totally anonymous. It's designed for this. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been used many, many times for that and you will fill out a couple of these surveys. Mm -hmm. and it should take about 20 minutes or less. Maybe mm -hmm. a touch more, but I think a lot of people okay. finish it in 10 to 15. 20 minutes, that's, that's a reasonable ask. And let's, let's just talk about this. I know we talked about it off air. I want to get it on the record as well, the confidentiality piece. Yeah. Because we actually went back and forth a little bit about maybe um, not doing this and just seeing if people respond because they didn't want to know it was something potential. Not, it's not internal. I mean, you work here, yeah. but it's not an internal survey. So just really hammer down a little bit on the confidentiality piece and that regardless like what you might try and do this in other bureaus as well other you know locals mm -hmm. um but no matter what somebody how they respond it's never never it's not poor this is not portland fire related it's not local 43 related totally can you just, just you know, assuage people's fears if they have any about that? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that question directly because it's a critical piece of all the research like this. So the research that I've designed, this study, it's anonymous, which means that when the hypothetical you gets on and clicks on the link and it ships you over that website, whatever you put on that website as far as responses, no one will ever have access to that specific information. The information that we, I, will have access to are the averages. Mm -hmm. So I will see the total data collected at the end, and that's when I can start doing the math thing of trying to see what correlates with what. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be no way for me personally, Matt, mm -hmm. and no one else in the bureau, no one else in the union, no one else at school to dig into that data and say, hey, I, I just kind of wonder, Right. What, did, what did Joe say here? Yeah, and looking at right. that, that's not possible. So it's anonymous research. So none of the answers are going to be long form or written. It's just going to be ratings, like yeah. one through five sort of answers. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, the Likert scales, very very standard stuff. Okay. Um, so you're not using BDI. Is it, is, you said Likert scale is that the index that? If somebody wanted to know, they wanted to look it up real quick, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the BDI, I threw that just out as an example because yeah. it's a well-known instrument and it's one that I'm not using. Okay. So. That was just a random example. Sure. The Likert thing, that's just the whole one to five, one okay. to seven, okay. you know, scale this response. Mm -hmm. It's very common. So is, I guess my question then, is there, are you creating this um, survey yourself or is there mm. another index you're using or another model? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a great question too. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, the answer is, is no, none of this is my creation. Okay. And so a lot of what we try to do in research is you're not trying to move the mountain of knowledge very far. You're just trying to budget by just a little bit. Uh -huh. And so the measures that I'm using are established ones that have already been generated by full credentialed psychologists. They've been evaluated for validity and reliability. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been used many times. And I'm simply, the thing that I'm bringing to the table is how I arrange those, i.e. which measures I'm choosing Got it. to see what correlates with what okay. or not. Okay. Would you, have you, have you taken the survey? 
I have. Okay. Would you recommend it, have a recommendation whether someone do this away from work or at work, or does it yeah. matter? Yeah, this will be a great question. This will be covered in the email, will be covered okay. in the confidentiality okay. agreement. But yes, I would recommend that you do it away from work just to preserve your anonymity. So you can do it at work if you like, but there's always the risk someone's going to walk into your room, mm. someone's going to get on the bureau computer. Yes, I recommend your you own device. You get a call and you got to run right in the middle of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So fair I'd recommend off duty for that. Okay. And um, the email probably will come out early fall. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Just some logistics here between myself and the union and and stuff. Excuse the interruption. This is Kyle in uh, post production. Um, I'm not sure what happened there at the end. Uh, I'm going to have to synopsize a little, the little wrap-up that we just did uh, in the recording process that somehow got cut off. I have no idea what happened. Um, but suffice to say, we were just wrapping it up, and I think I can't remember exactly what Matt said, but ultimately, if you have questions, you can direct them to him, either about the program or about the, the survey, that sort of thing. Um, the email will be coming out shortly. It'll have all the inf relevant information that you need to take the survey. And I think I made some comment about how it would be really great, and I'll repeat that uh, now, if we could get a really good, solid um, uh, response from all the local 43 members. It would be really uh, very helpful for Matt and uh, his uh, project to get as much data as possible. Um, and there's really, there's really no downside. It's only upside. So with that said, uh, I'll just thank Matt for taking the time both for do, doing all the work he's doing and for taking the time to sit down and talk to me. And uh, thank you all for listening. And uh, please do look for the email and uh, take the survey. Thanks.